Welcome to the Event Tech Podcast, where we explore the ever-evolving world of event technology every week. This show is brought to you by Endless Events, the event AV company that doesn't suck. Now, let's talk tech. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Event Tech Podcast. That gentleman over there is the unnatural Will Curran from Endless Events. And that man over there is the imperfect Brand Kruger from Event Technology Consulting. Ah, the random adjective generator just never gets old. We're does cruel it? today. Yeah, we're they're cruel. It's a little mean. It's a little mean. Although yeah, unnatural, yeah. that just means you know you're not natural. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would like to know what everyone like thinks that like an unnatural will. Like I feel like there's like some Photoshop coming out. Of the, yeah, the it's like Chucky. You know, the, you've got like the Chucky scar <laughs> and the hair and the shirt, like riding a tricycle. It's, just because I'm ginger doesn't mean that like that because I'm a freak of nature. Actually, I, like I, I really want to see that now. So anybody with some Photoshop skills, please, 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 <laughs> hashtag Event Tech Podcast. I want to see Will Curran as Chucky. Um, so <laughs> let's make that happen, fan nation. Uh, so today, I wanted to go a little bit back back to the future uh, for, for, for me. Um, you know, a long time ago, uh, before uh, Brant uh, was doing podcasts and things like that, uh, I was, you know, just a just a normal guy in the back of the room sitting at the tech table calling shows and just a shy little yeah, lad just a shy little shows. lad calling the shows calling the standbys and here's the funny thing about the you know when you're calling the cues and stuff in the back is that um you know you can you know once once things are kind of up and running in a 45 minute keynote you know the the audio person is kind of you know they're satisfied everything sounds good the lighting person is sound you know they're satisfied it sounds good everyone kind of starts drifting off onto their devices you know they start playing plants versus zombies or you know some more current game that's just the one that i like to say um <laughs> and they're, okay they're playing sneaky sas sneaky sasquatch um uh, never heard of that one yeah and uh you know, but it was as the show caller, I you know I always felt obligated to kind of watch the show, right? You got to be paying attention in case someone wraps early, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, are, are they? You know, maybe you're calling camera cuts, you know, flipping between IMAG and the presentation. So I, as a result, I've had to pay attention to thousands of shows, and one of the first um, sessions that I ever delivered, which was for Event Camp Chicago in in twenty Hermaher. Um, was about presentations and making presentations better. What could we, what could we, as event people, do to try and help our, you know, help our speakers um, uh, make their presentations better, help our attendees have a better experience because the presentations are better. And so that's kind of how I honestly got started kind of speaking on the circuit and how I got linked up with Event Leadership Institute and all of those kinds of things was talking about how do we make presentations better. And so you and I were talking. I was like, wait a second. Have we have we done a show on presentations? I yet? don't think so. We talk a lot yeah. about them every day, right. but never actually did. a exactly. show. Exactly. And I'm just coming off the road, you know, for from from a long, a long month on the road. And so I've seen a lot of presentations, um, some better than others uh, over the course of the last month. And I know, Will, you see a ton of presentations as well. So many. <laughs> so many. So many. And, you know, some, <laughs> some are really good and some are like eyeball bleeding, you know, bad. Um, and so I thought, let's let's like take a step back and, like I say, kind of go back to the future and talk about some of the things that, you know, fortunately, I no longer have to talk about as, as, as we look at presentations, but also some of the things that we can currently do to make our presentations better, no matter what the content. And that's the thing that I really want to emphasize is, is, you know, Will, you know, there's all kinds of design books out there, um, you know, when it, that say, so you know, that say, you know, don't use, you know, fonts under this size, don't use, you know, serif fonts, you know, here's what you should only use three <laughs> bullet points, you should use big pictures. I honestly feel like that kind of depends on what you're trying to do, right? You've got different presentations. Mm -hmm. Uh, based on whether or not it's a keynote speech or a motivational speech or a financial speech, you know, or a technical speech. You know, I can't, when I'm talking about lights and things like that, I can't get away with like three bullet points and a picture of a tree, you know, in my <laughs> presentations. It just doesn't work. So I, I struggle with those. You know, you've, you know, you've, um, uh, you know, got some, uh, some resources regarding design tips, um, yep. I know one of the things that we wanted to talk about today was is, is accessibility, and I know there's there's a we'll drop a handbook uh, link in the in the show notes for that. Um, so what I wanted to kind of focus on today is the things that have nothing to do with the content, 
of you know of the presentations themselves but you know the things that we can do to improve basically any presentation whether it is a financial one or a um, you know or a keynote presentation or a motivational speech you know no matter what the content is how can we improve these these presentations to make them better for our attendees yeah, definitely. I think uh, you hit the nail on the head that everyone, whenever you bring up this, the thing, like, let's talk about presentation. Everyone just wants to talk about design and, yeah, how many bullet points. And honestly, a lot of it has to do, yeah, with what you're trying to accomplish, the why, as Brant said, but also as well, like, what fits into your branding and what is the the content that you're actually serving up in so many ways. And I think that's really important. I think, you know, there's a lot of... Um, some somewhat things that we might hit on really quickly when it comes to design that are kind of like things to be aware of now in 2020 and and kind of beyond um but you know like you'd be really surprised like for example when brant and i do some of our presentations we sometimes do some really wonderful things just with a stock photo from unsplash with a couple words of text on there and and the reason why is that brant and i are kind of lively on stage and we don't want people staring at slides and we don't really care about the visual things it's a lot about how we're talking and letting this information and getting across and just kind of our uh, presentation style so you know um don't 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 also hesitate to keep it really really simple as well and trying to make it too complex but i'm going to link down below um, a ton of resources to, uh, for example, I found an article called um, the best PowerPoint templates of the year. Um, I found uh, a package of like fit broadcast titles and things like that to use for award ceremonies. Like it's crazy on a design standpoint how much this stuff is templatized now and you can just not have to reinvent the wheel and build it from uh, scratch, which I think is really, really cool. So, you know, if you are doing this on your own, you know, don't hesitate to use those sort of things. Same way that nowadays almost no website these days is built from pure ground up. A lot of it's built on WordPress templates and things like that. Same thing when it comes to your PowerPoints and your keynotes and, you know, your any sort of presentation design don't feel free to use the, the templates as well and that's one of my big tips i have for you guys so i uh, will link all that stuff below and um, we won't beat it with a dead horse instead uh just give you a bunch of resources to kind of run with. exactly because uh, you know like we said there's tons of books and, and presentations and websites about presentations and how to make them better um all of which kind Absolutely. of depend on what you're trying to do i think the biggest thing for me is that it's it really is you know it's it's easy to blame the tool um, you know, rather than the person that created it. And as much as I hate the, the, the gun analogy, it's in this instance, it kind of fits. It's like, don't, don't blame the PowerPoint, blame the person who pulls the trigger, you know, oh, for sure. You know, that it's, I've seen some terrible yeah. PowerPoints with great presenters and vice versa. Exactly. Exactly. So I think that the number one thing that I want people to, to, uh, you know, or to kind of kick things off with here is really asking yourself, do I even need a PowerPoint? You know, before we get into the, the details of how to make them better, um, I really wish people would stop and ask themselves, do I need one? Um, and I don't know about you, Will, but it feels to me like a lot of times it's like a safety blanket. It's like something that I need or I feel like I need to have um, because I'm either not familiar with the you know, with the content or, um, or I feel like I need it to as, as like a prompter, uh, for what I need to talk mm -hmm. about. Um, or just that, you know, I'm the CFO, I'm being asked to give an update. I guess I need to have charts, you know, that <laughs> kind of thing. Um, where I f think that sometimes people feel obligated to have a presentation when they don't necessarily need one. For sure. I definitely think there's death by PowerPoint these days. And, um, a lot of times, yeah, you feel the need. I'm not gonna lie, as a presenter, I feel the safety blanket of needing a presentation. That's one reason why I do big slides with just a little bit of text to prompt me to remember what to talk about too. Um, it just helps and makes it really easy. But you know, I think a lot of times too, like, does this does this format even need it specifically for your presenters as well? Like, I've so many times I've seen people get up to give 15 minute presentations and they show up and they're like, okay, cool, I'm gonna have like 30 slides. I'm like, there's no way you're gonna get through these. There's no way. And I think sometimes that we as planners need to also tell people when it's appropriate and help guide the content. I, a lot of times we, all, we want to delegate that just to the presenter, but you know, you are ultimately going to be the reflection of choosing that person. And I think if you can help them be more successful, help them be more successful and do a little bit of coaching. Yeah. And I think sometimes that's easier when maybe you're an internal planner. Um, you know, where mm -hmm. you're, you're seeing the stakeholders on a more regular basis uh, versus, you know, versus an outside planner, um, uh, you know, and it's, it's, it's tough, right? It's tough because you don't want to tell someone they suck. 
Um, but at the same time, people don't always get the hint when you're giving constructive criticism uh, about their presentations. But I think the more that we can just ask people you know, to, to ask themselves that question, do you really need a presentation? Do you really need a PowerPoint? And I've got another sneaking idea of why sometimes people feel the need to have a presentation. That's because they don't want to see themselves on IMAG. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be surprised about that as well. Yeah, and IMAG being the camera to screen yeah, exactly. uh, image magnification. Yeah, yeah, thank you. So, uh, so, so that's I guess that's the first thing that I would start with when we're trying to look at our presentations is do you really need one? I've seen so many fantastic keynote speakers that roll in and have no PowerPoint. There's no presentation. I've seen executives roll in and give phenomenal, in you know, engrossing uh, explanations of that year's financials without a single chart, without a single, you know, um, uh, you know, a single slide of you know smiley faces and bar charts and frowny faces and all that kind of stuff, or or a, you know, stock image of a of a you know badger. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's like, you know, you don't need it. So, so please, please, please just ask yourselves, do I really need it? And then kind of the secondary follow-up that I would throw out, out on this um, is, you know, is PowerPoint the right, um, you know, right venue? Is, is PowerPoint the right tool for what you're trying to do? Um, I'm, and you know, probably people are asking, like, alternatively, what do you mean other than PowerPoint? You're talking about like Keynote yeah, right. or what else are you yeah, talking so about? Yeah, so depending on what you're trying to do, is, is PowerPoint the right um, uh, the right venue, uh, you know, the right tool for what you're trying. And I keep saying venue, I don't know why, but the, the right tool, <laughs> the right tool for what you're trying to do. So, you know, if you're doing an awards presentation, you know, you can make some relatively simple, relatively easy, as long as your show is not planning on changing a whole lot, like you know who the 100 award winners are, you can do some beautiful things in video. Um, and mm -hmm. use, you know, use playback instead of PowerPoint um, so that you've got a little animation to the graphics and as things roll on. Um, so, you know, is, is, you know, same thing with title slides, you know, if you're going to have, and we're, I know we're going to talk more about this later, if you're going to have like a big, beautiful panoramic screen behind them where you're bringing up, you know, the names and titles of the people as they come on, then you don't need the dumb little title slide in their presentation as well, because that always looks ridiculous <laughs> yeah. where you've got this giant animation of the person's name and title, and then you get like the corporate logo and the, you know, the stock PowerPoint template of like, and then it's Bob Smith, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think you bring up a really good point. I think we should talk about it right now since we're already talking okay. about it in some ways, but like, um, I was going to say, thank God four by three is finally dead. Yes. Um, <laughs> so, so pour I'd say like, one pour out. one out for, oh. for the homies, uh, you know, all the times that we used to get four by three presentations all the time and, you know, or even just get asked for four by three screens was horrific, but now everyone's always 16 by nine. But the new issue is that Everyone's doing the presentation in 16 by 9. It's like the default. But now we're getting asked to do these huge panoramic screens. Like most common size, 30 foot by 10 foot screens, you know, three by one aspect ratio screens, obviously totally different than 16 by 9. And, you know, now we're running into almost the kind of similar issue. And you want right. to kind of explain that, like where there runs into an issue and then maybe how there might be a better alternative to PowerPoint in some ways. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, the, when when we're talking about the four three versus sixteen nine, that's what's called the aspect ratio, right? It's the ratio of the height to the width. So, you know, a, any screen where the height is divisible, you know, four by three, it's four wide and three high. Um, you know, that's a four by three screen. Same with sixteen nine. It's you know, it's not the actual dimensions, right? It's not actually sixteen by nine, but that's the ratio of the width to the height. Is anytime you divide it in whatever it's you know. 1.777 or whatever. <laughs> now I got now I got to check, make sure. Yeah, 1.7777. <laughs> I had to make sure I wasn't saying it wrong. Um, you know, if you divide the width by the height, you're going to get 1.777. That's that's 16 by nine. But when we start talking about these, you know, like ultra wide screens behind a stage or something along those lines, you can get some really exotic, you know, aspect ratios where it's three to one um, uh, or, you know, or four to one or five to one even, depending on what you're trying to do. So you're going to need to make sure whatever media you make for that, whether it is a PowerPoint and or a keynote or something along those lines, whatever media you're putting on there, you want to be formatted in that size and in that shape so that they're mm -hmm. able to, to, you know, and, and as high a resolution as possible so that they're able to, you know, project that or, you know, if it's LED wall, you know, to send it to the LED wall um, behind there. So I'm hoping everyone is following what we're talking about there, just really making sure that your media assets, again, whether it's a title reveal or a background mm -hmm. or your presentation, I saw a beautiful presentation that was all done 
in they had no side screens it was all done on the center screen and so they just very carefully built the deck um so that they actually did it in uh using a media server um uh, in so it was basic it was technically all video right so it was it was wasn't a powerpoint at all it was all done in video um across the 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 uh the, the panoramic screen behind them and then things like iMag and stuff were layered over the top. So, but you really have to put some thought into how you're going to do that. You know, making sure that mm -hmm. you know all their bullet points are high enough so that someone standing on the stage isn't blocking them. Um, yep. You know, leaving yep. space so that you can you know do a, what's called a picture-in-picture, picture, where you put over the camera over um, the presentation in spots so that you can do those iMag shots. Um, and it looked phenomenal, but only because they took the time to really think through their presentations, um, you know, really figure out exactly what it was they wanted to say so that that was all done by the time they hit, you know, hit on site. There wasn't, you can't do these last minute changes, um, you know, oh, I just want to have, you know, the change of the animation on that or change the bullet point on that if you're doing it that way. Yeah, I think you bring up a super good point. Another like bonus tip as well that you talk about not only making sure it's in the right aspect ratio, but make sure it's also the right resolution as well. Yeah. Um, so if you think about it, a three by one aspect ratio screen is like having three 16 by nine screens side by side with each other um, in, in some ways, essentially. So what most people don't realize is that that's equal to 4K resolution in width. So a lot of times people come in, they're like, okay, I'm just gonna throw a picture in the background, but they don't realize that the picture was formatted for like 1080p and just stretching it larger doesn't help. So you need to make sure that your you know, your video loops or your background images or anything like that's in 4K um, resolution as well. Otherwise, you're gonna get pixelization, and it's not gonna look nice. So something to just always kind of keep in mind when it comes to that, that triple wide screen or quadruple wide, whatever it is. Like, you know, the simple way to do the math is that if it's a three, uh, three by one screen is just to go, okay, like, I'm just going to multiply the width of HD 1080p by three and boom, that's where you get your width uh, resolution on there. And your AV company can help you out with this. But I think there's a lot like well, I don't want to dive too much into I think the probably the, the, the high end stuff because we've also talked about there's a better way to do this. Right, right Brandt? And maybe a future episode coming down the line? Well, yeah, I, I kind of uh, teased that there was there was software and things like that. There's there's all kinds of media servers that you can use to be able to, to do these kinds of things. And so, yeah, we're, we're talking about putting an episode together about some of the the options that are available things like Malumen, things like watch out um, you know the special switchers that you need to have to be able to send things to random weird screen sizes and and things like that uh, that are involved um, and being able to layer things right so when you've got these panoramic screens being able to layer over a standard 169 presentation that does come in um, and so yeah we're talking about having an episode uh, perhaps later in the summer uh, if I remember yep. the scheduling, um, about where we yep. can talk about some of these kind of media server type options. So yeah, if you're looking at doing those triple wide screens, you want to know more of the tech aspects of what it takes to do it the right way. We'll talk further about that, but let's stick to the yes. to the the boring. I'm going I think to the, take, I think the boring takeaway that we want mind. on this particular section is just if you're going to use one of these weird size screens, you really got to think about the content and think about mm -hmm. the sizing and all that kind of stuff. Absolutely, absolutely. So, um, let's see. Let's co coming back to um, general presentation tips. I think one of the the, the general tips that I want to give to people is that um, there we're in a, a accessibility world we are in now. Um, if you think about it, now we're talking about how do we make our sites more accessible? How can we make you know our events more accessible? But a lot of people don't realize is that graphic design in itself has its complete own set of accessibility standards. Um, we could probably talk about this for days on end, but we are not experts in this, but there's a lot of things related to like higher contrast ratios, font sizes, all those things like that. So um, I found a really handy guide called a practical handbook on accessible graphic design that I'm gonna link down in the uh, resources down below. Go check that out. I think in general, it's also really cool to read because it also talks about like sign placement for events and things like that too. So like this isn't even just talking about you know, just gra the PowerPoints, but also just like in general, how can you make sure that from a graphic standpoint, a visual standpoint, a visual storytelling standpoint that it's accessible. So super duper cool. Go check, 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 check it out. Absolutely. We want to encourage people to check out the episode of Event Tech Podcast that we did 
um, uh, with uh, Cadmium, I believe, where we talked about accessibility and making uh, you know making our event apps and things like that more accessible. Because a lot of this stuff carries over, right? Things like contrast, things like you know being you know legibility. You know that's what a lot of the times what we're talking about when we talk about death by PowerPoint, right? Is that you've got a million bullets and they're tiny, tiny print. Um, you know, I'm so just a tease that I've you know my 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 final tip of the day will be like my one tip on how to solve all of those legibility problems. But you no, know, let's touch on a few of the other ones. You mentioned the, the high contrast thing. That's always a big one for me. And what drives me nuts is that you can tell sometimes that planners spend, you know, a lot of time thinking about the theme, right? They're thinking about the theme of the conference, the theme of the event. And a lot of the stuff that gets designed early on are the, you know, the paper products, um, you know, things like invitations or books, not as much now as we're starting to get more sustainable and more digital, but, you know, you would often see a lot of the design elements being designed for the physical, for the paper, right? So you've got things like silver on gray, um, you know, those types of things that look phenomenal in person. And then once they translate to the digital, though, you get this low contrast gray on gray that just looks gray. Um, by the time it gets, you know, through all the video signal channels and out to the projector, um, uh, you know, by the time it gets out, and same things with like blue on blue and, you know, where you've got these subtle mm -hmm. color differences in your digital media that maybe look great, uh, even in the website, right? Um, where you've got, you know, again, blues on blues and things like that. Um, by the time, again, you get out to these 10K projectors or 20K projectors that are, you know, that are, you know, just all light and low, not, not great contrast. Um, uh, so all brightness and not great contrast. Uh, you start to lose a lot of those more subtle elements. So really thinking about the contrast in your logos, in your, um, you know, in your presentations, in, your in the colors of your theme, um, earlier on in the process, as opposed to we designed all this stuff for the web and for the print, and now we got to turn it into a PowerPoint template. Yeah, I definitely think that a lot of times when you look at it, print is totally different than the digital space and what's going to look like on the screens. Um, and that's, I think, really, really important to, to be aware of as well. Absolutely. Good stuff. What good else? Stuff What's next me. on the list? All right. Oh, man, I'm trying. Like, we have a lot of yeah. really good general tips on here. So maybe let's start with um, random, uh, you know, related to PDF presentations. So, yeah. okay. <laughs> well, so I figured let's talk. Let's nail this one and bury it in a coffin sure. and then maybe we can use it. But um, what's your opinion of PDF uh, presentations? Thumbs up or thumbs down? Not a fan. Some thumbs uh, down. Um, All right, right. And, and, and in the pre-show, we were kind of discussing this. And we had different reasons for not liking them, uh, all of which I think are valid. For me personally, um, it's, it's, I'm not a fan of, well, boy, I wasn't even going to tease one of the things that I was going to talk about. Um, I like a little polish on my presentations. So I like to have a little bit of transitions, you know, nothing too crazy, not the select all. I like just like a nice like 0.25 uh, second fade. Uh, between my slides and same when I'm like calling camera cuts and stuff like that. I, I hate hard cuts. So I love things to have just a little bit of smoothness. I think that adds a little bit of polish. Um, nice. uh, to uh, that's another one of those you can do this to any presentation, right? Select all slides, apply transition, and it's easy to do. You know, after the master deck has already been built, you know, uh, obviously you don't want to mess up a speaker if they've got their own transitions that you know are in there. But if you're just cutting together a deck that doesn't have any transitions, just select all and add a little 0.25. So that's one of the reasons I don't like PDFs is it's just like slide, 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 hard cut, slide, hard cut, hard, hard cut. cut. Yeah. Right, exactly. Um, but you had some other ones that I hadn't thought of that I totally agree with. Yeah, yeah. So uh, mine are more on the technical side of things, but one one of the first things I don't like is that I don't get a presenter view uh, on the local laptop. So I have no ability as a as a graphics operator to be able to see how many slides are left. Which, um, if you ever sit on com with some when there's a graphics operator, it is so helpful because they will call out back to the show caller and say five slides left, four slides left three slides left, two slides left. And it's great for that because what most people don't realize too is they're also comparing that to how much time is left. So sometimes they'll be like, 
oh, how much time is left? Well, they're five minutes overdue and they have 35 slides left. And you go, okay, I don't think they're going to get done. Do we need to talk to the stage manager? Do we need to cut this person off? Right. Do we need to start flashing stuff on DSM? It allows that a better form of communication. Um, not just, oh, hey, it's nice to know. Um, but I think that's super duper helpful as well. And there's no presenter view at all. Um, you also don't get to see if they're trying to click or anything like that. You, you can't really see like, okay, what's coming up next as well. So um, obviously you can't embed videos inside um, PDFs, but that's also one of the reasons why uh, presenter view is nice. The other reason that I don't like is super duper technical, but most of the time when I'm a graphics operator, I will want to um, not do a duplicate version of my screen. So not saying, here's my screen, take exactly what it is and put it up on screen. Instead, I like to do extended view because usually what I'll do is I'll black out or put a logo as the background on the second display, which is going to the projector. So no matter if it, if it breaks, I always can go back to that logo, but when I'm in PDF view, I have to duplicate my screen. Um, so, um, you know, I think it's uh, really, really important for, um, you know, the ability for um, you to be able to have that extended display, um, which when you're doing a PDF, obviously you have to duplicate this way. So I don't like that. Um, also, usually what I find too is that um, uh, when you're in a PDF as well, I can't edit it. So if they like, if there's a aspect ratio change, for example, I've had four by three PDF presentations given to me, and sometimes I can change a four by three to sixteen nine, or you know, vice versa. Something. If it's PDF, that's the way you're gonna go. Um, and I find it's most common in. Uh, uh, financial presentations mm, yeah. or people who are like graphic designers because graphic designers love PDFs because you can build it in like uh, af uh, not After Effects but um, I know just, Illustrator yeah. and stuff like that yeah Photoshop all that sort of stuff which um, my opinion just import it then as a PowerPoint to give me that PowerPoint view um, if possible yep totally agree so yeah, so I think overall that's my reasons why I don't like PDF presentations. But uh, yeah, just stick to PowerPoint on there. And I think you're you're you, you were kind of talking a little bit about also like transitions and things like that. Was there any other like points related to transitions before we kind of continue? Not on hugely. Well? Like I say, I just think it, it adds a little polish. You know, it's something that's yeah. so easy to do that that just adds a little bit of polish. And when I don't remember to do it to like one of our presentations, <laughs> like I was just kind of oh man, I forgot um, totally. to 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 do those kind kinds of things so yeah I just I just think that nice like they like say maybe a quarter second half a second fade uh, on all your slides I think just adds so it's not just so bullet 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 yeah totally um, so another pro tip that I'll have for everybody is that if you uh, don't feel like you are a pro at designing PowerPoints you don't have the you don't know about like what font to use and it doesn't come naturally to you to say this looks good and you know people have complimented you on your graphic design before maybe I honestly think one of the best tips I have is hire a graphic designer or an agency to do this sort of thing the best presentations I've seen are when there is a graphic designer who literally is a pro in Photoshop illustrator you know um, all those things like that in PowerPoint keynote all those things like that on staff who understands these things and isn't just like I'm good at it so I can make stuff but is like oh no like I could I literally do this for a living I think that's really incredibly important as well you know there was uh, there was a, a, a client of shows I used to work on um, and I'm trying not to give it too far away but they've got a big round kind of target looking logo um, <laughs> that um, is a very specific kind of red, and so uh, this. I think people got it, Brent. Yeah, yeah. And so, <laughs> where I was going with that is uh, that, um, and, and I mean this in a very good way because a lot some it's the kind of thing that some people outside the industry might look at that and go, really. Um, but when you're in the industry and in the know, they would bring along two PowerPoint specialists. Um, oh, on the yeah. shows that we were working on and their sole job was to make sure that not only PowerPoint specialists, but also like semi projectionists, right? They were there to make sure that everything was toned correctly and looked correctly, that the red was the correct kind of red. And you can kind of roll your eyes at that. But when branding, you know, when branding is such an important part of what we do, um, you know, or it's a public facing event or something along those lines, it's got to be right. You know, you can't be some mm -hmm. washed out faded red. Um, so I always actually really appreciated the fact that those people were along for the ride because they were there to make sure that that company was putting their best foot forward uh, in very public scenarios. Yeah, and I I think that yeah, if you if you roll your eyes right now, it's probably because you don't care that much right. about branding. But when you meet someone who has built a multi million dollar brand or branding is really important to what they do, it's everything for sure. So 
Yeah. Um, definitely, definitely. And those people too, they know how to make it so it's legible. They know how to make it so it's pretty. They know how to do all these things that we kind of like gloss over in the beginning, but right. they know how to do this sort of stuff too. And just and, tangentially, uh, just uh, before I forget, the, you know, the other half of that coin is a speechwriter. Um, you know, if, oh, you, yeah. if you combine those two things, like if you've got executives that are doing a public facing event of some kind, there is no way that some, you know, some schmo schmo uh, from internal should be putting together their presentations, right? You know, you should be, have a speechwriter and a professional designer working on those things um, because that's, you know, that's, that's going to make them look good. It's going to make them feel good. Um, and it's going to, you know, again, put the best foot forward for your brand. For sure. And one of my clients said it to me a couple of weeks ago, they said, I said, wow, your PowerPoints are beautiful. They look really good. And he says, honestly, like, yeah, they look really good. But the reason why the presentations are so good is that we start with the story first. Mm -hmm. We don't even have PowerPoint open. We literally sit down with a pen and paper and write out what the whole entire story is. Then we use the PowerPoint to tell that story. I think far too often, at least this is how I do it too, is I start with the PowerPoint and I say like, okay, what am I going to talk about? What is it going to look like? Right. And you spend so much time doing that rather than starting with a story and then using the PowerPoint to help with it as well. So a little golden nugget right there Absolutely. in the middle. All right. Ready for a quick fire of uh, lots more tips? Bring it. Rapid fire. All right. Lightning here we round. go. One of all right, this one we're guilty of, and we've started recently doing it better, putting an ending slide. Mm. You want to explain why that's important? Yep. Yeah, I mean, especially when you're dealing with, um, uh, you know, combining decks and things like that, when you've got um, people uh, moving from presentation to presentation, you want to have like a holding slide or a conference logo in between each one of those presentations. Um, anytime you're doing awards, right, you want to make sure that you've got, you know, you're not just rolling right into the next award, you want to have a space so that if someone says, yeah, and let's give Bob another round of a hand. Now, we'd like to tell you about the requirements for our next reward. I can't tell you the number of times that we've been handed a deck where it just rolls right into the next award or even into the oh, next yeah. winner's name. Um, and then specifically uh, from a technical standpoint, we've all probably seen it where you're clicking through slides and you get to the end of the deck and then you click it one more time and it just dumps out of the presentation. Wow. Um, and now I think now they've added something in PowerPoint that you can check to say, don't do that. Um, but that's a little dangerous as well, because then you, if you think you've got another slide coming or it's set to loop, worse, so it yep. goes back to the beginning yeah, yeah, yeah. of the presentation, the um, something along those lines. But so that's a very technical reason that you just need that one more slide, again, a conference logo or a thank you slide or something just so to tell the speaker there's nothing left. Don't even bother clicking um, and just to, just to keep the presentation from dumping out. Yeah, and I think I may have mentioned it a couple episodes ago, but also like the graphics operator t uh, having control with the, the, the perfect queue system with like the slide advance and turning off the perfect queue at when they're on their last slide. Again, another reason why I know how many slides are left, but they can turn it off and say, I'm taking away control. Right. So then it can just hold on that logo. Um, and then that way they walk off stage. There's nothing accidentally done, all that stuff like that. Sometimes even just duplicating a slide. So if they already have an ending slide, duplicating again. So when they click on it, they know they're going to the last slide. Even if they accidentally click again, it doesn't go to that black screen, which I love. Can it. I tell an embarrassing story? Um, just Do because it. I always feel those are the ones that are the most teachable. Um, so on a recent show, the, the keynote rolled in and they were insistent on, on using their own machine uh, for the presentation and also had his own perfect cue um, and had, you know, been around enough to know that, you know, hey, these things can run on the same frequencies. So, hey, you might want to just check to make sure that my perfect cue and your perfect cue aren't going to mess each other up. And so we checked. And we're like, oh, wow, what do you, they are actually on the same frequency. You want to, what are the odds? I don't know how many frequencies those things have, but, you know, it's, it's quite a few. And so we all kind of sit looking at each other. Well, okay, do we need to reset the frequencies? And um, uh, either the graphics operator or myself, I'll happily throw myself under the bus, said, well, well why don't we just disable our perfect cue? Um, once he gets up there. And that way we'll make sure that he's not going to accidentally advance ours. Brilliant. Okay, great. Nobody needs to reassign frequencies. Nobody's good. What we didn't think about, though, is it goes the other way. <laughs> so we had his presentation all set and ready on stage, uh, ready to go. And our presenters came up and started clicking through our presentations and advancing his presentation um, on the stage. And so we became very worried about the fact that he was going to hit the stage and have his presentation three quarters of the way through. So how do we, <laughs> you know, how do we reset it? to the back of the top. So just a friendly, you know, we, we figured it out and we like, you know, did a 
complicated maneuver of disabling ours and then clicking backwards to get his back to the top and all this kind of stuff. Oh so gosh. just a, just a point, if you have two perfect cues on the same system, don't try and find a workaround. Just set them to different frequencies so that they're not advancing okay. the same. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Let's see. I'm trying to think if there's another good transition alongside the, that, that way. Um, let's go into video content. Um, sure. So uh, th are you a fan of videos being embedded inside of slides or not? I've come around a little bit. So the answer used to be, oh, hell no. Um, you know, give it to us on a, you know, give it to us on a flash drive and we'll put it on Playback Pro or something like that. I've come around to the point that if it's a onesie or twosie and it's short and it's not very big and it seems to work fine in rehearsal, it doesn't necessarily need to be pulled out and run off a of Playback Pro. All right, all right, all right. I think, yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I'm a fan of always ha having it backed up into Playback Pro, yes. which is like a, if that's, for everyone yes, who doesn't know, that's it's an like, easy yeah. option, absolutely. Yeah, so Playback Pro is just like a video pr playback system, essentially. It lets you do some cool things like adjust audio levels um, inside without having to, like, you know, actually hit the volume button on your computer. It lets you chop, like, the first 10 seconds off of it that are pure silence and vice versa at the end. It lets you do some cool things that just polish up that video playback um, it allows you also to see how much time is left on the video which when you're playing in PowerPoint you don't get to see that sort of thing um, so there's a couple things in there so like one pro tip I always have for planners is always ask for if you have video content ask the file to be included in like uh, the the flash drive or whatever or the Google Drive that gets sent over so we can just load it on there as a backup um, if the video is big and very high resolution and glossy and looks fantastic and all these things like that give it to us and, and uh, play so we can play on playback pro because especially if it's loading before everyone walks on stage things like that like last thing you'd want is powerpoint to like struggle with that video right. um as well and it's important i think it's a pro tip to include the file separately as well because people also screw up embedding it in their powerpoints and sometimes they'll be like oh yeah it's all working fine and they show up and they're like wait i had a video there and, and be like well, it's you didn't embed it. It must have been separate. And they go, oh, well, I don't have that video file anymore. And we're like, great. Now we're scrambling to download off of YouTube yep. or they're trying to find their Dropbox link or call their video person. Like just always include those videos separate and let the production company decide what's going to run smoothest. But, you know, check out those Playback Pro systems. Uh, it's worth the rental if your AV company offers a suggestion. As well. 100% agree. It's the safest way to go. It's the best way to go. Um, I, I, like I say, I've just softened a little bit of like, if, if it's not mission critical, right. If it's not, it's not, it's not our product reveal. It's not, you know, it's not an introduction <laughs> to the keynote speaker. It's just like a dumb little video that you wanted to include for fun or motivational purposes. And it's not the end of the earth if it doesn't work. Um, then, then, then I'm down with it, but absolutely hundred couldn't agree more. Otherwise it's just the easiest way to go. It's the safest way to go. It incurs marginal expense to bring in because basically you're renting a MacBook, you know, at this point in order to be able to do it. Yeah, and I think that's why having a graphics operator is also really helpful in general too. That having someone backstage who's running this sort of stuff too, because if you know, for example, you are running a lot of presentations inside of PowerPoint, we can't really adjust the audio levels on those. And I can tell you, my favorite communication to hear is the graphics operator saying. All right, um, this isn't getting sent to screen or anything like that. I just got a hand in presentation. It has a video. I need to play back this video. Can you let me know how it sounds? The audio engineer puts their headphones on. No one hears this in the room at all, and they're literally able to preview the audio say like, oh, that's a little hot. Can you bring that down a couple dB? Can you make it a little bit softer? Um, you know, or for the the graphics operator to play it back and be like, oh, wow, there's like a really awkward five seconds at the end of the video where it's just black or whatever it is. Can you can we set it to fade out and things like that? I mean, like that sort of stuff is just really where you get the polish and that's where you show your production value to the next level. You don't get those awkward silences. You don't get what, God, poor audio engineer when the audio is just blasting because the last video was super quiet. And then the next one's like, wow. Stock footage and all the things like that. So <laughs> stock footage. <laughs> yeah. I, I could again couldn't agree more. It's it's one of those things that it's it's subtle but important. Rolling all of those videos in advance, um, you know, while the doors are closed at full volume. That's the other mm -hmm. thing. Is like, well, you know, you know, we got a thing going on in the next room. As much as possible, try and run it at full volume when no one's around. Um, I get sometimes it's a super secret reveal to where you're going, you know, for the awards banquet, but you know, as much as you want to, what, there's nothing gives me the screaming creepy crawlies more than being handed a video once you're already in session 
that has never been tested. Oh my god! I mean, that just that just as a show caller, it's like oh, it just makes me so nervous to to know that I'm going to call the queue and have no idea whether or not it works, doesn't work, is loud, isn't <laughs> loud, you know, stops halfway through, has a five minute pause in between. You know, because somebody forgot to trim. You know, somebody was telling me that story oh recently that, that 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 it was supposed to be like a thirty-second video and it was six and a half minutes. Was that you? Was oh, uh, yeah, yeah, that was yeah. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Was it on this show too? Pretty, oh, yeah, it was on the show. Yeah, it was on our bingo episode. There I you think. go. That's it's what it when, was. We, when we did it. Yeah, so yeah, right. run those videos. <laughs> give them a full run all the way through because you just don't want to be left in one of those situations where you have no idea what you're getting because the show has already started. And if you have no idea what we're talking about, please do go listen to the the production bingo uh, episode that we did a couple episodes ago. It was fantastic. All right. I've also Um, learned something. More peppers. I've learned something else, my friend. We're not good at lightning round. (laughs) No, no, not at all. (laughs) This was supposed to be lightning round, and we're we're, we're going too deep into these. But I think these these are really good takeaways and really important, like you say, fit and finish, polish uh, type things of how to make your take your production to the next level. Um, I'm just skimming through the list here to see if we can try and cut it down a little bit. Presenter view you mentioned. Um, yeah, maybe yeah, actually this one. I, yeah, for sure. I think um, a lot of times uh, things to keep in mind if someone wants slides in the downstage monitor, um, a lot of times uh, you would need to have an additional laptop and there's some tricks that you have to do. It's not as easy as it seems. I think I did a whiteboard Wednesday on this. Um, so we'll make sure to link that down below if I have or if I'm just making that up in my mind. But one thing that I've noticed a lot of times when it comes to slide design is for, make sure your presenters are only putting in maybe one or two bullet points of notes because yeah. when they get up there, I see these paragraphs of notes and I get it. There's a lot to cover, a lot to remember, but what ends up happening is that they get up there and go, it's too small. Can you make it bigger? Well, now I can't read it all. Then there's like, there's no happy medium. So honestly put one sentence to remember what to talk about on that slide um, on there. And if you need, absolutely need to have multiple slides and things like that, teleprompter all the way that's the honestly the best way to do it there's some hacks you can do like um i've uh andrew who's uh, obviously been on the show before has said that one thing that he's done as well is duplicate the slide and then just make it so then that way each one has its own separate notes section and you can kind of click through but honestly that can get really confusing you're on stage you're juggling a lot of things i'm not sure if that's the best way to but they they need a lot of slides just get a teleprompter honestly like even if it's just for the one day the one presentation that really needs to go off perfectly just do it yep (sighs) internet 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 talk about it well you touched on it already so i don't think we need to linger on it but just make if you need it you need it if you don't you don't and be real clear about that much like we started with the do i even need a present a powerpoint do i even need a presentation um if you if you need it for a demo um you know does it have to be live you know is there any reason that demo couldn't be done in the safety of your uh, office, you know, when you're on a, you know, gigabit <laughs> Ethernet line and just screen <laughs> record it, right? So that you, then you can just yep. talk it through. I've rarely seen a demo that had to be live. It almost never has to be live. It's cool. I get it. You know, it adds a factor, but it adds so many potential points of failure. Um, so if you need internet access, uh, make sure you order it in advance. Make sure it's a hard line, things we've talked about on this show multiple times. Um, but if you don't need it, don't need it. Um, if you are using some of the presentation software like Prezi or things like that, that tend to like to be online, Google Slides, for example, um, then you need to make sure that you've ordered internet access for whatever machine is going to be running those off of. Both Google Slides and Prezi have offline modes. I have been burned by them both mm-hmm. um, so hard uh, <laughs> in, in supposed offline mode. So really, really make sure that you're checking to, to see that it runs perfectly. You know, put your device in in airplane in airplane mode you know make sure that the wi-fi is turned off does it still run uh in offline mode absolutely yeah i couldn't i couldn't say more i know you have a pet peeve about page numbers too yeah just make sure you know if you're if you're doing combining decks and things like that and you're pulling things from various sources into a single combined deck uh, go back through and double check the page numbers and remove them most of the time because you get someone who is used to seeing page you know page numbers one through fifty six on their slide deck and then all of a sudden that deck's been inserted into the middle, it's no longer one through fifty six oh, so it's one hundred and twelve through you know one hundred and seventy yeah. something, and that can that just looks weird on a deck especially if none of the other ones have it so be sure and double check that. Page numbers are for pages. 
Yes. Not for PowerPoint. Exactly. <laughs> no one in the entire room needs to needs to know or cares what slide you're on. Oh my god. If you show like, oh my god, forty slides and I'm sitting here and it's like forty minutes in, I'm like, oh my yeah. god, so that means I have like twenty more slides. Yeah. Like it just gives people something to look at and know like let them engross in the the, the, the story more than anything. All right. I think we gave a yeah. lot of good tactical PowerPoint tips. I think the one last tip I'll give for everybody is as bad as it is, because we're horrible at it too. <laughs> just try to get those presentations ahead of time. Let the graphics operator <laughs> look at it. Let the we're going technical director, yeah, let them let them look at it. And honestly, I would rather at least you try to get them, even if you know they're not going to get it to you. Put the deadline in, and even if they come in a day later, put the deadline two days earlier than that. Like whatever you have to do, I want to just see something and know it's coming, rather than you know be given it last minute. So, and don't I mean. There's a hundred reasons why you should be doing that from a technical standpoint, you know, just making sure that it's in, it's, you know, so you can combine the decks, it's, you know, there's a lot of different reasons, but I'll throw one back because sometimes people need personal motivation. Your presentation is going to be so much better if you worry about practice instead of instead of perfection, right? If you're staying up till one o'clock in the morning, the night before you're supposed to present and you're still working on your presentation, you're probably going to give a crappy presentation because you're too worried about perfecting the content as opposed to perfecting the message and you're not rehearsing you're not rehearsing it you're just working on it and so mm -hmm. you're you're going to be much less rehearsed you're going to be less much less you're going to be more easily confused of like oh did i cut that slide did i add that slide um so this is a huge one for me it's the old like how do you get to carnegie hall thing practice 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 um mm -hmm. so you know i would always take practice and rehearsal over the perfect PowerPoint presentation with the perfect messaging and how do we, you know, the number of times I've seen a, a huddle, a gaggle, uh, if you will, of executives huddled around a DSM, you know, downstage monitor saying, well, you know, how, what's the, really the right way to say that? While you've got 15 techs standing around waiting to rehearse, you know, it's expensive just, rehearsal. Yes. I mean, I think I brought that up on the, uh, on the uh, production bingo as well. So just practice, 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 as opposed to working towards perfection. And then if I can, are we ready for my final, my final point, my final, like, you know, Ooh, how down. to make sure. And so this touches on design. So this kind of wraps it all up, right? So we started saying that there's books on design. There's, you know, and this is one that I've used for years. It's never failed me. It works great. It works for any kind of presentation. It works for so many levels. So rather than worrying about, should I use a serif font or a sans serif font? Should I make sure that it has to be only bullet points over 15 points? All of that is great, but it, depends greatly on how big of a screen you have and how far away from it are you. And I think part of the problem is that a lot of times we're designing these presentations, right, on our 22-inch laptop or, you know, 22-inch monitor in the office or our, you know, 15-inch laptop uh, on the plane. And so we're looking at it like 12 inches away um, or, you know, maybe a couple feet at best. Well, that translates out to like maybe a four foot conf uh, uh, like a 42 inch confidence monitor four feet away um, or you know like a tiny little 16 by 9 screen from the first row so here's my magical tip it's crazy it involves all kinds of technology as you're doing your presentation every now and then get up out of your chair and walk six feet away turn back and look at your monitor can you read it is it legible is it clear are you able to do it and then take two more steps back <laughs> is it still regible? Is it still clear? Is it still, it, it actually works really, really well because it's not about the font, the kind of fonts that you use. It's not about the font size, although it can be. It's all about legibility at, you know, the first row versus the last row of your conference. So just get up, walk six feet away. This is Brant's six foot rule of how to make your presentations better. I think I firmly believe if people would actually just do that more often, you're not going to see these eye charts um, with a million bullets that can't be read. Because if you can't read it from six feet away, the audience can't read it. I guarantee it. For sure. For sure. I definitely think we're going to have to compile all these tips into like one single ebook. Because one thing that we've talked about is we have a guide internally that we give our clients that is like, hey, give this to the presenter so they know what to do, right? And what all the best practices are and everything like that. And here's how we expect the format to be given. We don't want separate video files, all these things like that. We give that to our clients all the time. But I think it's about time that we probably release that to the public. Um, so if you want to see that, uh, let us know and uh, contact us. So then that way we can know you want to see it. We'll include it down in the show resources down below. 
Absolutely. And just a tease that a lot of these tips come from my event leadership class. So uh, Event Leadership Institute, uh, I've had a, I've got a whole section dedicated to presentations and presenters. So a lot of these tips have been kind of come from that class. Um, and uh, just a little bit of a teaser, we've been working on a partnership with Event Leadership Institute of working on getting a yeah. little bit of a discount code for all of the, the listeners of Event Tech Podcast. So we're working on that and should have that rolling think we out can li- li- You think we'll be able to link that down below and yeah, uh, I think we time. might be able to sneak that into the notes. Otherwise, we're going to start uh, making it a little bit more public as we firm that up. Um, but I'm really excited about that because obviously I've been working with ELI for a long time now. So love to bring my passions together uh, in any way possible. So we'll, we'll see if we can do that for you guys. I love it. All right, Will, take us home. Oh, take us home. Oh my gosh, I am so ready for this. Brent. As always, thank you so much. This was this was always so fantastic to get to do the show with you. Always appreciate getting to talk to you about tech. My pleasure. <laughs> All right. So if you are listening right now, if this is your first time, uh, you probably are going to be curious about what I'm about to tell you about. If you listen to us a million times, you know what I'm going to say. If you want to get all the resources, all the links, everything that we just talked about, including the, the discount code to Brand's class or, you know, the the, the accessibility graphic design um, uh, guide that I was talking about, the handbook, uh, links to our past episodes where we talk about accessibility and tech, all those sort of things like that. And then even that link to that guide that you can give your presenters as a planner going to link that down below the best place to grab that eventtechpodcast.com make sure you go sign up grab all that stuff all that jazz all good to go also we have transcripts lots of fun stuff in there as well and if you are listening to this wherever you're listening if you listen on the blog or if you listen on spotify wherever it is and you don't like where you're listening to it and you want to find a better place for it we are on every single podcast platform we're on your favorite heart smart home speakers we're in your phone we are everywhere you want to be so make sure to go check us out spotify apple Podcasts, podcast google podcast and beyond but we always appreciate that if you are on that podcast platform make sure to rate and review us helps a ton of discoverability and helps us out so much as well so let us know what you think as well contact us you know how to do that if you want to do it in the public on the social medias do it hashtag event tech podcast we check that out also feel free to tag us personally as well um and then if you want to if you want to do it the old school way via the emails you know like the cool kids check out event tech podcast at helloendless.com that's our email address i just saw an email just come in uh literally as we were getting ready to record this so um uh shout outs to uh to brandon robertson uh who had a suggestion for talking about the new freelance labor laws in california and asked us to do an episode on it so um thank you so much brandon i think that we're definitely going to have to do an episode on that so have that coming down the road and we're going to shoot you a reply right after we finish recording this as well so if you have ideas for episodes or changes or comments shoot us an email we want to hear from you we'd love to see it as well can't wait to hear from you but you know brant you're super duper cool i love talking to you but the person i get really thank is you the listeners thank you guys so much for listening this has been the event tech podcast he over there is the imperfect brant kruger I don't remember what my adjective was. What was I? Uh, the uh, in the thing. Uh, sorry, I, was I muted myself. I believe you were the unnatural. <laughs> the unnatural Will Curran. Man, I was like, I was on a roll right there. I had so much energy, and then I just like, I'm. It was totally unnatural. Thank you guys so much for listening. This has been Will Curran, Brant Kruger, signing off for the Event Tech Podcast. Thanks again for listening to the Event Tech Podcast. Be sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcasting app. Also, be sure to head to eventtechpodcast.com and leave us a comment about this week's episode. We'll see you next week on the Event Tech Podcast.